welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. I'm Eric Felton, and I am joined today by the Weekly Standard's Kelly Jane Torrance. Kelly Jane, how are you doing? Great. How are you doing today, Eric? Getting over a little cold, right? I am. I am. So excuse me if I uh, if I cough into the microphone. I'll, I'll try not to harm your reader's ears too much. We, we lack here at the, uh, at the Weekly Standard Podcast Room a cough button. Today, Donald Trump addressed the U.N. General Assembly. We'll get to some details, but let's just start with atmospherics. How was Donald Trump received? Was it with enthusiasm, politeness, derision? What, what was the, the, the mood? Probably all of the above, depending on who you <laughs> looked at. Um, you know, it was, it was great because television stations, they know to go for the drama. So when Trump mentioned certain countries, the camera would often go to the representatives of those countries. And we could sometimes see the reaction would be interesting uh, and sometimes not. Uh, the Iranian representative seemed very interested and was listening closely when Trump started talking about Iran, whereas uh, North Korea, which was actually front and center right in front of President Trump, there were chairs empty, and those who were in chairs were kind of looking down and uh, not really looking as if they were trying not to hear uh, what they were hearing. Not those enthusiastic, big smile pictures you get from the rocket launch uh that the, the North Korean state media puts out. Exactly. And, but, you know, there were a couple of interesting moments when there actually was some applause for, for Donald Trump, and it uh, was unclear where exactly it was coming from, but it was certainly quite audible. And it was at times when he was, you know, talking about, uh, you know, human rights, calling for the United Nations to do more on that. So there were, there were some positive moments for him. So, so what was expected in general of this speech? Well, that's the interesting thing about President Trump is that there always seems to be a low bar. People hope that he'll be presidential. And if he is, if he can deliver a speech, then they give him kudos. And that's a bit of what happened here. Now, I heard Matt Lauer of NBC say just before the speech started that President Trump has said a lot of the things already that he'll be saying in a speech, but this is the first time he'll be saying them in a cohesive speech. And I thought that was going a bit too far. I mean, he laid out a quite a good uh, speech when he was in Poland earlier this year, and he has spoken on foreign policy before. But, uh, you know, people were, were curious as to how he would phrase his comments to certain countries that he's been quite belligerent towards, especially North Korea and Iran. Well, uh, I think Trump succeeded in ratcheting up the bar for colorful rhetoric with regard to North Korea, calling Kim Jong-un a rocket man on a suicide mission. It was quite dramatic, wasn't it, Eric? Now, we, he's, called, uh, he's called Kim Rocket Man in Twitter, on Twitter, but he's never said it in a speech like this in front of you know, hundreds of people, representatives of, of over 100 countries around the world, and it Kim was Jong-un quite a dramatic. Kim should be you know, pleased he's got a Trumpian nickname. Exactly. You haven't really made it unless uh, Trump's given you a nickname, you know, uh, Lion Ted, Crooked Hillary, and now Kim Jong-un has Rocket Man. I'm sort of waiting for the mullahs in Iran to get their uh, their turn. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm frightened with what he might come up with. Uh, well, he did talk about um, saying we will crush the loser terrorists um, So during his speech, which Certainly, again, is a very Trump thing to say, talking about the loser terrorists. So despite the fact that, you know, this was a serious speech, his speechwriters made sure to make it sound like it was being delivered by the guy, you know, the, the real thoughts of the guy who was delivering it. 
So Trump talked about North Korea. He talked about Iran. He also talked about Venezuela. In addition to current sanctions, the president said, we are prepared to take further action if the government of Venezuela persists on its path to impose authoritarian rule on the Venezuelan people. He said, we cannot stand by and watch. But if the U.S. can't stand by and watch, what what can it do? Well, that's the big question for Venezuela and for a lot of the other situations that he talked about in his speech, including North Korea and Iran. Donald Trump is sort of calling on the countries of the United Nations to do more. But the question is, what can they do and what are they willing to do? And I find it very interesting in in this regard that Trump seemed to contradict himself a bit at times. He talked about how the United States has been a leader in uh, you know trying to bring peace to the world, in uh, fighting for other countries' sovereignty, and fighting for security and prosperity around the world. But he also then said that the U.S. shouldn't be doing a disproportionate amount of this work. So he seemed to be saying that the United States has been a leader, of course, in the uh, post-World War I, World War II uh, geopolitical world, but at the same time saying that the United States shouldn't be that leader. So it, there was a bit of a confusion in his own speech, I think, on what is supposed to be done and who is supposed to be doing it. Right. There's a lot of squaring the circle going on with uh, things like uh, a call for the nations of the world to unite in an expression of their individual sovereignties. Exactly. This was clearly a a speech. You know, I thought it was meant to be a very Churchillian speech, and it reminded me a little bit of uh, Winston Churchill's warnings in the 30s before World War II started about the menace of Hitler. And I think that must have been on the minds of his speechwriters, thinking especially of Kim Jong-un and the uh, Iranian regime. But, you know, this was no Churchill. It was well delivered, but this was no uh, this was not a speech by Churchill by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, you did say it was meant to be a Churchillian speech, so in, like, movie poster advertising that would allow the administration now to say, Churchillian, Kelly Jane Torrance. Exactly. You know, and I used to be a movie critic, so I I know how that works. Um, But, you know, Churchill wrote his own speeches, of course, and and Trump has speechwriters, and it's kind of amazing to me that they didn't do a bit of a better job. I mean, Churchill's speeches had a point, and... A lot of them during the uh, 30s and the 40s, the point was to inspire people and to inspire the world, not just Britain, but the rest of the world to unite against what he saw as a totalitarian menace. Whereas what, what is the point of Trump's speech? There was a bit of that trying to get the countries of the United Nations to do something. But he spoke quite a bit, for example, about trade and jobs in America. He spoke about how he won the election on uh, November 8 and why he, he won that and why himself. he was exactly he, he always keeps coming back to that i won and here's why and you know his speechwriters clearly are are looking to make him happy and not to do what they're supposed to do i think which is not to make the president happy but to deliver a speech to the president that will inspire americans and the rest of the world to to uh, to, to unite against this medicine to do something about it and i don't think uh, i think this long meandering speech was not the kind of speech that's going to do that. I think you hit on something, though, which is, you know, Churchill, in writing his own speeches, um, of course, he sounded like Churchill when he made his speech because it was Churchill. So we can't expect every president or most any president to be Churchillian in his in his language, but a good speechwriter is someone who doesn't just write highfalutin prose. He, he makes 
the president sound like himself, but just the best version of himself. Yeah, that's 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 very well put, Eric. And I think that, you know, throwing in the word beautiful a few times and talking about loser terrorists is not enough to do it. And, you know, toward the end, he had big a league. Were, were there any <laughs> I, big I never leagues? I don't know. I didn't notice any of those. But yeah, I, I did. Know. There was a believe me. He was talking about the Iran deal and said, you haven't heard the last of this. Believe me. But, you know, one line toward the end really struck me. And that was we need to defeat the enemies of humanity and unlock the potential of life itself. Now, here's a line that means absolutely nothing. Clearly, the speechwriters, this is exactly one of those highfalutin lofty lines that you mentioned that they're trying to put in. It doesn't sound like Trump. It doesn't really sound like anybody. It doesn't have any meaning in it. And that's it's disappointing that this is a this is a time for the president of the United States to make his best argument as to why the world should stand behind us, stand with us in confronting some very dangerous totalitarian regimes around the world. Some loser rocket men. Exactly. <laughs> Kelly Jane Torrance, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Eric. Support for the Daily Standard podcast comes from Away Travel, a company based on the principle that your luggage shouldn't cost more than your plane ticket. Away Travel uses high-quality materials while offering a much lower price compared to other brands by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. Choose from a variety of colors and four sizes. The sizes are pretty straightforward. There's the carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, and the large. My favorite feature, though, is the built-in backup battery that comes in both sizes of the carry-on. It lets you charge cell phones, tablets, e-readers, or anything else that's powered by a USB cord. Away travel bags come with a lifetime warranty. If anything breaks, they'll fix or replace it for you for life. The luggage also comes with a 100-day live trial. If at any point during the 100 days you decide it's not for you, return it for a full refund, no questions asked. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com standard20 and use the promo code standard20 during checkout. That's it for today's Daily Standard podcast. Be sure to tune in to our podcast throughout the week. Just go to iTunes or Google Play for a free subscription or go to our website, weeklystandard.com. I'm Eric Felton. Thanks for listening.